Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Hey, good morning. How fun is this on a Sunday? How amazing is it? Can you stay standing for just one minute if you can stand? Um, We're going to pray together if that's okay with you. Is that all right? Because I'm believing God to do something. I don't know about you. I don't need another meeting. I need to meet with Jesus. And he changes us forever. So are we ready? If you can put your hand on your heart, because that's where the issues flow from, and pray with me. And if you're new, just come with us. Just do it. What have you got to lose? Everything to gain. So just put your hand on your heart. Pray with me, Jesus. Today, I want to be challenged. I want to be changed. I want to be more like you. You're able. I'm willing. Let's do this. Amen. Amen. He heard you. Now you can sit down. He heard you. I love that. He's up to something around the world. He really is. And I believe today we're going to see him do what only he can do. The title of my message is Let's Talk About Jesus. And I want to challenge us. Can we stop talking about church and start talking about Jesus? Because a lot of people, church is a wall word. They hear church and they're, no, 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 thank you. But I've never had anybody say, don't talk about Jesus. Because there's something about his name. There's just something about it. And I want to challenge us. If you, I was with someone having coffee and they don't know Jesus. And I was talking, I just said, oh, I just said, he's so kind. And I just carried on talking. And she went, stop. What do you mean he's kind? I'm like, well, because he, that's who he is. And we just talked about it and then moved on. And I just thought, you know, we can talk about him in a very ordinary way. We don't have to change our voices. Jesus is kind. We don't have to get weird. If you do, I will come and find you. Um, we just have to talk about him because he is who we, who we love, yes. He is who saved us. And he is available to everybody. But let, if you think, well, what could I talk about? I'm going to be a bit of a steam train here. Um, before I do that, I just want to remind us that today is Pentecost. And in Acts 1.8, It says, but you will receive, not might. You've got some mites in the room. Well, I might get a bit of power if he's got any spare. No, it doesn't say that. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Hello. It's not power for power's sake. It's power so we can witness. Are there some shy people in the room? Anybody shy? Just raise your hand if you're shy. Yeah. Stand up. Stand up. Just stand up. If you put your hand up, stand up. If, you, if you're sitting down with your shy and you stand up, what happens to your shy? Stand up. Well, we, we're here to do the jobs today. We're, we're going to pray together. Stand up. If you put your hand up, because shy is a barrier. And I used to be shy. I know you find that hard to believe. But I did. I was very aware that what would people think? And that's where shy comes from. It's like, oh, I, I, I'd like to, but I'm not sure. And what if? And stop it in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your heart. Those of you who are standing, God is honouring you today, right now. Pray with me, Jesus, I give you my shyness and I receive power to speak your life into many others from today on, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're sitting, can you clap these brave people? (laughs) Jesus is up to something already. Don't you love him? He's like, no, I, and I'm, I like to kind of get to know you again. And, remember, and he's like, this is not your platform. 
This is nothing to do with you. Do what I tell you to do. So you're going to be the witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. So we're the ends of the earth to a lot of people, so we better get going. But if you think, what, what would I say? John, I love John because he spends a lot of time with Jesus. But John 1, 15, it says, John taught the truth about him. And I think we need to tell people the truth about Jesus. Because a lot of people have got guilt and shame. Well, Jesus took that. He took it on the cross. He paid for it. So, like, that's a great gift to give someone who's got shame. Is actually the truth. But I'm just going to run through these. If you want to think, what would I say? You can talk about his mercy, his kindness, his grace, his power, his peace, his truth, his faithful. He has authority. He's Emmanuel. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's a door opener. He's a pain taker. He's compassionate. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's a burden carrier. There's people carrying burdens in here. Okay. If you're carrying burdens, put your hands up. Yeah. Some of you carrying really heavy burdens. And for you... You've taken them for a long time. And God's here to say today, give them to me. And you've carried them, and you've carried them, and you've carried them. And when you think you've got rid of one, another one's come. And that's kind of been your journey, but today is a new day. And he's, he is our burden carrier. And we're going to stand to our feet. You know the drill now already. But you know what's going to happen? When you sit down, you've carried so many that when you stand up, they will fall to the floor. And you know what happens? Jesus comes by his spirit and picks them up. And he says, I've got them. What's your name? Sue, you are loved. You are precious. And he is your burden carrier. And today you're going to know that in a fresh way. And there's a freedom. When we're free of burdens, imagine. So what we're going to do is, if you've got burdens, just stand to your feet right now. And I want us to imagine, okay, we're going, we're going to heaven We're going past the gates of praise. We're going to hear the angels crying, holy and worthy. And we're going to see Jesus. And he's like, come in. What have you got? I've got burdens. Oh, just put them here by my nail-pierced feet and I'll deal with them. And then when we leave, I think we go out backwards. Like, see ya. Thanks. Thanks. I don't want anyone doing this. I'll just take one because I'm so used to having a burden. Okay, let's pray. Hand on your heart. Jesus, today I give you my burdens. I come to your throne room and I trust you to deal with what I can't deal with. And I'll walk out free because you paid that price. So help me walk in the truth that I'm free from burdens, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're seated, can you clap these amazing people? Heaven is cheering. Heaven is cheering. Jesus like, yes, they're getting it. Don't you love him? So he's, where was I? I was long-suffering. He's patient. He's a burden carrier. He's a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. There's a lot of lonely people in the world. There really is. And, you know, we can be kind of a friend, But we all fail. But Jesus is a friend that never leaves us and never forsakes us. And we, you know, I was talking to somebody about his friendship and they're like, are you for real? I'm like, yeah, he loves me even when I'm not nice. (laughs) Just frequently. (laughs) I was like, but the, the difference is Jesus loves us unconditionally. And some of you need to hear that today. It's unconditional. 
Often we love people when they do what we want. Often we love people when they're nice to us. Often we love people if we can kind of spend a lot of time with them and do stuff with them, and then we might love them. But Jesus loves us. Before he formed us, he loved us. Isn't that amazing? That he unconditionally loves us. There isn't anything you can do that can separate you from unconditional love. And if we don't love unconditionally, it's manipulation. Of course, nobody would do that here. Um, What a friend we have in Jesus. He's a hope giver. He's eternal. He's a promise keeper. He's a freedom giver. He binds up the brokenhearted. He's the lover of my soul. He's the lover of the lost. He's the lover of broken. He's the lover of truth. And the truth today will set you free. And I think we can say that real quick. But actually, if you actually mark it after today and say, do you know what? Today, I got rid of shyness. Today, I got rid of whatever we've stood for. I don't have burdens now. And some of us, that'll feel weird. You know, I used to worry a lot. I used to think as a Christian, if I didn't worry about things, I wasn't being responsible. Anybody else, you know, that worry thing, you think, well, I have to worry. What else would I do? You know, well, you turn your worry into prayers and you give them to Jesus. And we can all do that. So again, just some of those habits and they're habits. But, you know, if you can have a a bad habit, you can have a good one because you're already good at habits. So you can do it. You can't tell me you can't do it because you've already done it. You had bad ones. He's the lover of the world, John 3, 16. He's an eternal life giver. He's a pardon for my sins. He's a way maker and he's a miracle worker. Well, if you couldn't find a conversation out of that, I'll see you afterwards. (laughs) Saviour, you know, saviour means life giver. And you can be alive, alive and still be dead to things. You can be alive and dead to hope. You can be alive and dead to to truth. You can be alive and dead to love. You really can. I've watched lots of people. In Psalm 25 and verse 5, it says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are my God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. This isn't a visit to the kingdom. This is how we live all day long. And, you know, we talk about I want to dwell, but most of us visit. I want to dwell with you, Lord. He's like, well, could you just stay a little longer then? I'll give you an hour and a half on a Sunday, but in the week. But, you know, he wants us all day long that we can turn to him. He doesn't have a day off. He's not unavailable. You know when you try and ring someone? Have you ever tried any of these phones that never answer? I had a credit note with Qantas. (laughs) Took a long time on the phone and nobody answered. But Jesus is not like that. He's not like that. When you call, he comes. But he's not, he's not going to push in. He's not going to say, coming, ready or not. He's not like that. But he says, you know, draw near to me. And things change. And we know that. Aren't we funny? Because we do know it and then we don't do it. And he's like, I thought you knew that. Well, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. And in, he's trustworthy. And in the worship, Holy Spirit said there's people in here that don't trust. And that's okay. I've been there too. Um, and I, I was sharing that um, Fred and I used to do a pre-marriage course. Um, he sends his love, by the way. And um, we did a pre-marriage course. And I used to say, I don't trust my husband. And people would look at me like, what are you doing this course for? And like, I do trust God with my marriage. And most people leave church because of people. Because they put their trust in people and people let them down. Why would you trust somebody like you? <laughs> Seriously. I know me. I don't trust me. I do trust God in me. And that's where he wants to take us to, to that place where we can trust. But he is trustworthy. He's worthy of your trust. 
He's worthy. He really is in Proverbs 3. And if you want wisdom, and I think there is a famine of wisdom in the world right now, spend some time in Proverbs. I was saying last night to you, amazing pastors, you are very blessed and obviously God's favorites. Um, But I was saying that someone called me wise years ago and it frightened the life out of me. I thought, I am so not wise. Lord, where do I have to get wisdom? Proverbs. And it's not a pop. I spent 10 years in Proverbs. I'm like, I want this. And some of you need to be a little bit more determined, just a bit. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. You know, the reason we don't trust is because we trusted people and they've let us down. And we transfer that and think, well, they let us down, maybe Jesus will. And what if I ask him and it doesn't happen? Well, what if you ask him and he does? You know, imagine what that could look like. And he is trustworthy. He's worthy of your trust. But I do understand that journey. I do. And I think, you know, you've trusted people and they've hurt you. Well, today he wants to heal you from that. He wants to heal because as he heals us from that, we actually can receive a fresh touch from him. So if you struggle with trust and you can sing those songs and, you know, you skip that bit. You know, I will trust you. No, I won't. I'll, you know, today he's saying, trust me. And it kind of, there's some people in here who like a dare. I dare you to trust him. I just dare you to have a fresh revelation if he's trustworthy. Trust him with those things that you aren't seeing. You know, we don't need faith for tables. We've got some. I don't need faith for a Bible. Praise God, I've got one. But what we need faith and trust for is for things that we haven't yet got. And we have to trust him that he's got us this far. He's going to take us all the way. Yes? Because he has called us his faithful and trustworthy. So if that's you, raise your hand and say, Margaret, I'm struggling with trust right now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well done. He gets you. He understands that. He really does. And as you've put your hand up today, he's saying, son, I'm going to take you on a journey that will change you and how you see me. Together we're going on a journey and you're going to have so many opportunities to trust him. And that means there'll be things you don't have exactly when you want them. But it means that he's going to show you how he provides, not how you can provide. And he's going to, if you trust him in this part of the journey, it'll just grow. I think when we do it once and it works, we're like, oh, this works. And he's going to take you on that journey in Jesus' name. And, it, and who else put their hands up? Yeah, stand up. God's going to do it today. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to anoint you with trust. He's going to anoint you. Anybody else want to join them? You know that you're thinking, is she talking to me? Yes, I am. Well, I think I trust. Well, I used to trust. Or maybe I trust. If in doubt, stand. Because why wouldn't you? If I was giving money out, you'd jump up. This is better. Well done. You're worth it, you see. Look around. You thought it was just you. Have a look around. Look, you thought it was just me. Just me who didn't trust. Of course not. This is a special moment because this takes us deeper in our journey with Jesus. And that's what it's all about. Is that I want you to put your hand in his in a minute. You know, I want you to imagine a hand just there for you. And I want, after we've prayed, I want you to put your hand in his. So put your hand on your heart first. Head up, he loves your face. Never pray for anybody with their heads down. He loves your face. And you wake up, he's like, oh, yes, they're awake. He loves your face. Pray with me, Jesus. Thank you that you're trustworthy. Forgive me when I haven't. But today's a new day. I choose to trust you. 
from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, close your eyes if you're standing and just see a hand right next to you, just by your side and take hold of it. Here it is. Just take hold of that hand and know that he will never leave you. And he is totally and utterly trustworthy. And together, you're going to have a lot of fun. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're sitting, can you clap these brave, amazing people? How good is God? Well done. I want you to write down, if you stood for these things, um, if you've got a phone right now or a pen or a Bible, can you just write down what you've stood for? Um, We just want to take a moment. We're not in a rush. It's far more important that we actually hear from Jesus. And just make a note of it and just say, today, I dealt with this. Today, I dealt with that. So just write it in your notes today. No more burdens. He's trustworthy. He's worthy of my trust. And he wants us to be in. It's a relationship. And that's amazing, isn't it? That the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would love us. That in itself. Have you ever watched somebody who's just got engaged? You know, they suddenly feel very loved. Just like, oh, hello. Oh, you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's a ring. I'm loved. But Jesus shows us on the cross how much he loves us. Very public. Very real. Very powerful. And then he shows us even more at his resurrection. There is an empty tomb. And he rose again that we could have life. And, you know, if church is boring, it's because we are. Jesus is so not boring. You know, I followed him for a long time and I have never been bored. I used to be really bored. You know, some of you know my story. Fred and I were married to each other. We have one daughter. Um, We have three. We have four grandchildren or three great-grandchildren. But we got divorced from each other. Um, And because often on a Sunday, the shops used to be shut in the olden days. And I'd be like, well, let's have a row. Let's stir the pot and see what's in there. It's not a good idea, just being honest. It's not a good idea. Um, But, you know, that's what I did. It was like, well, let's talk, because that's the only way I could get some sort of response. Um, Because we we got divorced not because we didn't love each other, but we didn't communicate. And communication is key to all relationships. And assumption kills relationships. You can assume something. And suddenly it becomes real. You can assume Jesus doesn't know you. Well, he does. And he knows every hair on our head. Isn't that amazing? That's how close he is. I think sometimes we can remove him. but He's so close. So Fred and I got divorced. Um, I was on the breast cancer journey. He came home, for, looked after our daughter. Long story short, we ended up going around Europe in a camper van. <laughs> because we knew lots of Australians who used to come to England, get a camper van and go around Europe. So I'm like, let's do that. So we did divorce from each other. I know. God has to deal with some people severely. (laughs) Couldn't just have a little whisper in my ear, love you. No, took us on a journey. Um, And on an American airbase on a Greek island, um, we were all there and I I didn't go for Jesus. I don't know what you've come for this morning, but I didn't go for Jesus. I went because I wanted movies. I wanted food. And some English-speaking company, English-ish company. Um, and God doesn't mind why we come. He doesn't mind why we stay. And this guy spoke what I now know is a very simple message. He said, you know, no matter how good you are, you're not going to heaven. And I'm like, who is he to judge? I'm going to speak to him afterwards. And then he said, if you feel like God's spoken to you, 
I'm like, the man must be on drugs. God doesn't talk to ordinary people. What is this? And then he said, put your hand up. And Fred, who is not like me, he's very nice and he's calm and he's very English, um, put his hand up. I'm like, put your hand down. I told these people, we're not doing this. Told them we're not interested. We're here for food and movies. And Jane's got her little hand up. And I'm like, Jane, you don't have to do this just because dad put his hand up. You don't have to do it. It's okay. And then this man said at the front, if you feel like God's spoken to you, I said, he's on drugs. Come to the front. And I thought, well, I don't believe there's a God, but there must be a God in heaven because Fred will never get out of his seat. He's not that sort of a person. And as I said that, he walked past me. And Jane's following him. And I looked at him as he was walking. I looked at his back and I thought, if that man thinks for one minute he's going to heaven without me, <laughs> marched my little self to the front. Doesn't matter why we come. Between my seat and the front, he got me. He got me because he loves me. And we got remarried. It's a love story. <laughs> and he has no choice because he married me twice. So, hey. But that's what Jesus can do. He can do it, whatever we're feeling, whatever. But there's that response. There's that obedience moment. And I know some of us struggle with obedience. I get that. But obedience is better than sacrifice. And he's calling us to obey. In Romans 8, 39. This is the type of love, because I think we can look at romantic movie love. You know, oh, isn't that nice? Michael's got a love story. Well, I'm divorced and I wouldn't marry him if somebody paid me. Well, that's okay. You don't have to. God has your story. And, you know, can I just say to us, especially us women, if you've got a friend who is divorced or, get, or on that journey, can you be kind? And if you've got nothing good to say, close your mouth. Just, mm, doesn't need your opinion. They don't need your thoughts. They don't need what the Bible says. They need loving. And so can you not say anything unless it's nice? Is that okay? And all that anybody who's been there is thinking, amen. <laughs> Wish she'd been here before. It's okay. Now's the day. Neither height nor depth, nor divorce, not sickness, not frustration, not disappointment. Or any, that's when it says, or anything else. So whatever your else is can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And nothing can, but, some, but things do, don't they? We, think, we can say nothing does, but things do. Things come and you think, how could that happen? How could that happen? Why would God allow that? We live in a fallen world. And while we live in a, it, the Bible is very clear, a righteous person will have many troubles, but the Lord will deliver him from them all. And, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for deliverance. That we will come today already. We've seen God set people free. That's why we come to church. We gather so that we can sharpen each other and we can say yes to Jesus. I'll have another go. Yes, come on, we'll do this. You know, I've, I've had times when I've been really discouraged and I'm like, Lord. And he's like, take courage. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm done. I'm done. Done. Finished. He's like, are you serious? I'm yes, I am. And then he looks at me and he goes, you're not really, are you? I'm like, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> it says, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Jesus. And, you know, when you hang with him, things look different. My prayer every day is, Lord, share your heart with me. Share your heart with me. What are you, what's your heart for this situation? But, you know, the one thing I do know is his heart for people is huge. It's huge. He's not like, oh, well, they walked away, they can stay away. 
You know, and we can feel like that. I've tried, I've asked and they don't come. We'll keep asking. I love that the lady, who was the lady who prayed for, um, was it for you? For your, was it your mum or your dad? How amazing. Such a privilege. You know, and you think afterwards, well, why didn't they come before? But God's timing is perfect. And the most important thing is heaven is having a party. And, you know, that's the real deal. I was able, my mum was a manic, depressive, schizophrenic. I grew up in a mental institution. That's no excuse for my behaviour, <laughs> because there is none. Um, and my mum was totally insane. And they said she'd never live in the community again. She was 73. And um, Jesus gave me a word for her. And long story short, he totally set her free. My mum came out of a mental hospital. Um, after I spoke to a psychiatrist, I said, my mum's been saved. And she said, Margaret, she's too old. She's too far down the drug route. I said, well, my Bible says, let's not give people our opinion. Let's give them the word of God. Because I know if you're young in here, I know this is awful, but your opinion doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry. It's the word of God that changes people, not our opinions. And I said, my Bible says that she'll be dressed in her right mind. Can you see her? And she saw her and sent her home. I said, Lord, give me one year to get to like her. I, didn't, I loved her because I was a Christian. I didn't like her. And she graduated to heaven at 93, 92. We had so many years of building memories that we never had. And that's what God wants to continue to do. He restores what the locust has eaten. He really does. He restores. And I really believe he wants to do that. But today I believe he wants to baptize some people in love. And if you know that you struggle, you know, it's you, forgiving someone. Okay, we're going there. All right. Um, Forgiving someone doesn't make what they did right. And often we, you know, we don't forget because we think, well, it's like saying well, it's okay. That's not the truth. Forgiving someone releases us. And forgiveness and love are often best friends. And today I believe he wants to baptize you in love and some of you need to be free of unforgiveness. It doesn't make what they did right. I think that's really the key that stops us. We're like, I'm not doing that. It's like saying, well, it was okay. No, it wasn't. Definitely wasn't. It wasn't okay at all, and Jesus sees it. But today, he's saying, I want to baptize you in love, and I want to free you from unforgiveness. So if that's you, raise your hands and say, yeah, I want to be baptized in love. I want to be free. I want to be filled with love that knows no bounds, that will speak of Jesus with such clarity that people will go, oh, I get it. Because I, only love does that. Because otherwise, we can think, well, I'm going to heaven. See ya tough. I've asked you to come. You didn't come. But love doesn't do that. Jesus pursues us. He keeps coming after us. And I know that I need continually to be filled with love because we get filled with all sorts of stuff. But you know, today he wants to fill us with his love that knows no bounds, that can release people who've hurt us and we can move forward. And if that's you, stand up, my lovelies. God's going to do it. He's going to do it. Stand up. Don't look at anybody else. My grandson, when I preach, he's like, Nan, every time you talk, I'm on my feet. I'm like, listen, I stand the whole time. What is your problem? So up on your feet. If that's you, you know today, unforgiveness. I want to choose to forgive. I want to forgive myself. There's someone in this room who needs to forgive themselves. Often we forgive others and we're hard on ourselves. And there's someone who is like that here today. Stand up. God. And if you're already standing, well done. God, yeah, God knows you and he loves you. You need to forgive yourself. You've chosen well today because, you know, you think it's just you. Look around. 
with family, look around. It's like we're not alone. This is a real moment in time. And to forgive yourself is so important. We walk differently when we're forgiven. But we walk very differently when we forgive ourselves. And some of you have been really hard on yourself. And, and Jesus sees. And he's, today is a new day. What's your name, sir? Yeah. David, you're a good man. You're a good man. And Jesus would send me just for you to say you're a good man. And he sees you and he loves you. and He's going to fill you. And it's a new day for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's doing it. So put your hand on your heart. Pray with me, Jesus. Today, I choose to forgive myself because you have forgiven me. And I forgive others. And as I empty myself today, now baptize me, immerse me in your love, in your kindness, and help me to walk in that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Just wait for a moment. Just close your eyes if you're standing. Just this is a holy moment. I really believe God's doing things in people's lives and I don't want us to rush on. Those of you who are standing, receive it. Think of the things that you're hardening yourself for and say, no more. Think of the things that look impossible and see them as possible. See yourself loved. See yourself forgiven. See yourself as chosen. Some of you feel rejected. See yourself as chosen by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's here for you. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Holy Spirit, come and remind them how loved they are and walk them into the truth day by day, week by week, and year by year until we see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just want to honour you, those who stood. Just want to say thank you. Jesus, in, I love it in, in, in the Psalms. I love this. Listen to this. You're thinking, what on earth is going on? So I know, I know. The Lord looks down in love, leaning over heaven's balcony. Don't you love that? He's leaning over the balcony of heaven going, Dad, can you see? He's like, yes, son. So much excitement in heaven. Looking, but he's looking over all of Adam's sons and daughters. He's looking to see if there's anyone who who's, wants to be wise, anyone who's searching for God and wanting to please him. He looks over, is there anyone today want to please me? Isn't that amazing? It's like, oh, I'm in. I'll have a go. I might get it wrong, but I'm going to have a go. That's all he asks. But isn't that a beautiful picture of Jesus involved in a, over heaven's balcony? I believe he looks at his dad and he's like, look, dad. And I think he looks at his nail-pierced hands and he sees us and he says, worth, so worth it. So worth it. So real. He's our helper. Hebrews 13, 6. So we say with confidence. 
I'm going to read it first. I'm going to go there. Okay. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Excuse me. Confidence is really important. It's not arrogance. But I believe we lack confidence in lots of areas still as a church. We need to be, I'm confident of this, that he who's begun a good work in me. I'm confident. You know, not, well, uh, I think he started. He might not finish, but I'll have a go. You know, he's, we need to be confident. And life can suck confidence out of us. I think COVID did that for a lot of people. It's like, how do we do life now? What is this going to look like? You know, I've just been in America and just, you know, just the whole procedure of getting out of the country now and having tests and doing all of it. You can start to think, oh, is this, is, do I want to do this anymore? I have told God I'm old. And he's like, I'm not ageist. I said, well, you should be. It's rude. It doesn't let me get away with anything. So you can't disqualify yourself. I've tried. And no one is too old and no one is too young. But we need to be confident that he's called us for such a time as this. And, you know, he gives us confidence. He gives it. It's like, I'm confident of this. What are you confident in? And what do you need confidence in? Because I believe as we start to move into all God's got for us, we're going to need to move confidently. That means to step into things. You know, confidence takes you where you don't really want to go. You know, that moment you like, yeah. I said, yeah, okay, let's do this. Anybody else coming? <laughs> do I do this alone? But confidence goes, do you know what? Whether anybody comes or whether they don't, I'm going. I'm going to believe what God says about me. I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm chosen. I'm not rejected. And there's a lot of rejection going on in the world. But, you know, we're not rejected. We are chosen. But confidence is important. Because if you're going to give someone something, you know, if you're going to care for someone, when I go into a hospital, I want to be confident that they've got some skill, don't you? It's like, is this your first? Are you practicing? You know, is that going to be okay? Um, I had, I fell and broke my wrist when I was, I took a student to hospital and I fell over and I broke my wrist. And a gentleman helped me off the floor because I couldn't get up and he pulled my broken wrist hand to get me up. I thanked him and moved on to get the car. Um, but when they set it, they set it wrong. It was up there. And so they had to cut my arm and put a rod in it and move all my arm. And I woke up and I, I've had lots of crazy surgeries. Um, and I'm normally not great after surgery. I've, they've had to tip the bed up and do all the things. And I'm, I'm sitting up. I'm like, I feel great. That's the best one I've ever had. I have a cup of tea and a sandwich. And then I stopped breathing. And they pressed every button, apparently. And when I woke up, I said, my chest hurts. And Jane's like, tell her, Dad, tell her. Tell her what they had to do to get her back. You know, and so that moment of, oh. But, you know, my confidence was in the doctors, but also in Christ who rules my life. And nothing can separate me, even in those moments. Even in those moments. It's like nothing can separate us. And that's when we need to be confident. It's, it's easy to be confident when everything's good, isn't it? You know, when you've got a job, when everything works, it, then we're confident. But God's confident is not like that. I'm confident that he who's begun a good work in me will perform it. And if that's you, I'm not going to labor it anymore because the clock is going. Um, can you just stand up? We know the drill. Who wants confidence? Up on your feet. He's going to give a bucket full today. 
a bucket, a confidence for the kingdom of God, a confidence in your family, a confidence to, to know when you pray your prayers, he hears you. He hears you when you pray. Some of you are like, I think I pray to the ceiling. No, he hears you. He hears you. And I want you to be confident that when you speak, he, he listens over heaven's balcony, remember? Hands on your heart, amazing people. Pray with me today, Jesus. I receive a full anointing, a baptism of confidence to do your will is my desire. And together, we're going to see your kingdom come. I'm changed. I'm more like you. I'm going to walk it out in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Wow, look around, the confident people. Good job. Well done. Well done. I love you. This is the very last and the most important. Jesus saves us. And maybe you think I don't need a saviour. I definitely do. I need to be saved from myself, never mind anything else. In Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's saved on earth and it's saved in heaven. You know, we're going to spend eternity together. I know you're thinking, I hope I'm not too close. <laughs> Heaven's big, it's okay. You'll hear me if you don't see me. <laughs> I'm gonna, my mom, when my mum was graduating to heaven, and I'm like, she said, I'll know when you're coming because you will be loud. <laughs> yes, I will. I will be loud. I will be excited because heaven is real. And we are really, truly blessed to be able to offer eternal life to people. And this is the most important moment for all of us. This is why we do church, is that people will know and be secure in the knowledge that they're loved, they're forgiven, and that he saves us. He saves us from going down dark roads. He saves us from things that we don't even know are coming. You know, have you ever driven home and thought, how did I get here? You know those moments you think, did I go through a red light? How did I get here? He's gone before us and he's with us. He doesn't leave us. And so I'm going to just ask you right now, I am going to ask us to close our eyes because I think there's people in here who are just a little bit fragile. So I'm just going to say, close your eyes for a moment. And if you're here and, you know, my mum knew all about the Queen of England. She knew her birthday. She knew her favourite biscuits. She knew her children's birthdays. She knew all about the Queen. Every birthday, what do you want? A book on the Queen. And if you listen to my mum, you think she knew the Queen. But my mum had never met the Queen. She knew all about the Queen, but never met her. And you can know all about Jesus today, but never have met him personally. But he is here with a very personal invitation, saying, come home. Come and trust me. Come and do the journey with me. Or maybe you did know Jesus, and you know today that you're far from him, that, you know, he doesn't walk away, but we can. By his grace, he calls us home. And if that's you, with every eye closed, just raise your hand and just say, yeah, Margaret, that's me. I'm coming back to Jesus or I'm coming for the first time today and we're going to pray together. Just take a moment and say, that, that's me. I'm coming back. I want to be full on for Jesus. I don't want to be on the edge. I want to do his will. Good decision. Good decision. Anyone else join them? Thank you, Father. Okay, let's stand to our feet. We're all going to pray this prayer. Hand on your heart. That's where the issues flow from. Pray with me, Jesus. Thank you that today I give you my life. Thank you that you love me, that you care for me, that I'm forgiven. Today I forgive myself and I receive you as my Lord 
as my saviour, as my very best friend. I want to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus all the days of my life. Amen, amen, amen. For those of you who made that decision, good job. Heaven is cheering. Heaven is cheering. Well done. It's a great decision. Now, I know we're done for time, but I would like to say, if anybody here, it's, Pen it's um, Pentecost Day, and I want to not leave without giving anybody who's here the opportunity to be baptised in Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm going to go over here, and anybody who wants prayer, just come over here, and we'll pray. And those who raise their hands, just come over too. And we're going to talk and pray together. Is that okay? I'm going to pray for you because you've done a lot of praying now. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, thank you for this amazing church. Thank you for these people who love you. Thank you for these willing people to do your will is their desire. And today I pray for every home and family represented in this room, that they'll know your peace. They'll know your power. They'll know your truth. They'll know your love in a way that is supernatural. And we give today to you and we thank you that there will be fruit that remains. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.